Um, The reading this morning is taken from Luke chapter 19, verses 1 to 10. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him, since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, he has gone to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because this man too is the son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you, Julia, very much indeed. Uh, If you'd like to keep your Bibles open, that would be fantastic, on page uh, 1053. Now, I reckon, but I don't know if you agree, I reckon that being curious has got both easier and harder over the last uh, 10 years or so. Easier, of course, because of our connectivity uh, today. Uh, Hands up if you remember going to look something up in an encyclopedia. Okay, some of you, but it's definitely something you've got to remember now. It's probably not something you've done in the last uh, little while. Uh, No more. In, In meetings now, I notice that if there's a song or a photo or a place that comes up in conversation, then within a minute, Someone's got it on their phone, and we're all sort of crowded around looking at it. I love that. I love the fact that we can find so many interesting things out you know, almost immediately. But here's the catch. It's much harder to decide what to be curious about, because so many different things are competing for our attention. Which of the hundreds of headlines... Or pieces of clickbait am I going to follow up today? And it's quite likely that there's going to be something superficial, something trivial, something that really kind of is is a diversion rather than something that is deep and about discovery. And so we can end up in today's culture being mildly curious about many things and people that don't really matter and then at the same time, letting the big ideas and the deep streams of thought and concern in our world slide away. So if you had to mark yourself out of 10, one is can't be bothered, 10 is hyper-curious, I wonder where you'd put yourself on that sliding scale. And then the second part of the question will be, well, what are you curious about What are the things that actually grab your attention and that you follow through and find out about? Now, Luke, in Luke 19, doesn't tell us 
what ignited Zacchaeus's curiosity. Simply that it was that he wanted to see who Jesus was. Now, there were many reasons why that might be. Jesus had notoriety. He had huge followings. He had enthusiastic supporters. Jesus was known, as we've seen in this series, for flouting the religious traditions of the day, traditions of exclusive hospitality, you kind of kept with your own people, and traditions of being holy by being withdrawn and being judgy about people who didn't meet your standards. Uh, Jesus was even known by this stage uh, as someone who liked tax collectors. And we're going to look through the passage twice this morning, both times looking at the themes of curiosity and determination, but looking at them from two completely different points of view. So let's look at it first from Zacchaeus's point of view. Uh, you'll see in verse 2 of chapter 19 that Zacchaeus was a social and community outcast. Now, some outcasts we're thinking about are people at the bottom of the pile or people who are furthest from the center. Zacchaeus is the opposite. Zacchaeus was at the top of the pile. He was an elite cheat that everyone despised but couldn't avoid all because he was a chief tax collector. And that isolation was deepened by his huge wealth, wealth gained at the expense of other people. This reminds us, just as an aside, that for Jesus in the Gospels, wealth was more often a problem that can be overcome with grace and love rather than a fantastic starting point in our favor which is how many of us have come to see it. Zacchaeus' response to this ignition of curiosity was simply to go where he knew Jesus was. Completely common sense, practical approach. He's curious, let's go and find where Jesus is. In verse 3, we learn that he is short. And because of who he is, and because of how instantly recognizable he was, the crowd are no way going to cut him any slack or let him in to the front of the queue. At Zacchaeus' response, he goes ahead of the crowd and he climbs a tree on Jesus' roots. And what he's thinking is, I've, I'll find myself a great anonymous viewing point. Maybe then he would see Jesus close up because he's not really seen him before. Maybe he's thinking, I might even overhear something that Jesus says. And at the moment, and in the moment, that's enough, he thinks, to satisfy his curiosity. Everything, though, hinges around verse 5. Jesus surprisingly saying to him, I must stay at your house. It's a powerfully personal image but it shouldn't be one that surprises us this far into Luke's gospel. But what was Zacchaeus to do? Jesus had issued this most personal and public of self-invitations to lunch. This was considerably more than Zacchaeus had planned for. It was way more personal and involving than discreetly observing Jesus from a tree. Now it's the prospect of the two of them back at his house. 
Zacchaeus' response, as uh, Julia read, uh, was to invite Jesus back for lunch. But I wonder what he was thinking uh, along the way as they walked, however far it was, to his home. I think there would be a whole range of emotions, uh, feeling vulnerable. You know, he, he'd wanted and had planned to be anonymous, and now here he was, face to face. I think there would have been a joy uh, that the Jesus that he wanted to find out about was literally standing next to him, walking back to his house. But a nervousness, where's the conversation going to go? How am I going to be exposed? What is Jesus going to say? Well, we're going to come back to that meal. But first, let's look at what happens afterwards. In verse 7, what we hear is the criticism and the muttering from the crowds during and after the meal. They, the crowds, are moved by jealousy and by resentment. And, and we get it. Zacchaeus was a traitorous cheat. And the crowds felt Jesus is our guy. He's on the people's side. He's against injustice. He's against people cheating. So surely he's our guy. But now Jesus, our guy, has gone to be with their guy. And we don't like it. Now, if you were Zacchaeus, this could have shut you up. It could have overwhelmed you. But actually, or even pushed him back uh, to his old ways. As he kind of felt this great wall of resentment wash over him. But he carries on. He goes ahead. He makes this big announcement of restoration anyway. In verse 8, we see this joyful, generous start to his life as a Christian disciple. Having listened to and spoken with Jesus, he responds justly and generously. Uh, sure, I'm sure that there were many other things that had to be put right in his life as time went on. But he makes this brilliant, just, generous beginning. Now we have no idea from Luke how long Zacchaeus had been watching and waiting and yearning uh, to meet with Jesus. Maybe it was days, maybe it was weeks, maybe it was longer. But that waiting and that yearning uh, puts me uh, in mind of one of my favorite quotes from one of my favorite novelists, uh, Douglas Coupland. And a character in one of his novels says this. They say, my secret is that I need God, that I am sick and can no longer make it on my own. Isn't that telling? Many of us here will have been on a similar journey. My secret is that I need God, that I'm sick and can no longer make it on my own. Now, as you've probably spotted already, Luke is not just telling a story about Zacchaeus's curiosity and determination. This is more fundamentally a story of Jesus's determination and compassion. Jesus's bare-faced self-invitation, Zacchaeus, I must come to your house. This invitation unveils Jesus's true identity and mission. And it should be an enormous encouragement to each of us here. So let's retrace our steps and this time look at the passage through Jesus's eyes. In verse 1, we're reminded that Jesus is often on the move. Of course, there were times where he withdrew uh, to pray or to be with people close to him. But the Gospels often portray a restless urgency 
in Jesus. This, this sense that there are new people that I need to be with today. There are, there are appointments that I need uh, to keep. And verse 5 reminds us that Jesus loved a crowd. He, he loved teaching a crowd. He loved being with a crowd. But so many of the high points of his ministry were one-to-one. Uh, they were face-to-face, as it is here uh, with Zacchaeus. And as it is for all of us, that however much we love being part of a crowd, and this church, of course, is a crowd, actually, the deep, important things happen one-on-one, me and Jesus together. Now, Luke doesn't tell us whether Jesus had known about this appointment for ages or whether it was revealed to him in the moment as he looks up in the tree. What we do know is the seriousness and the intent and the intense intimacy of his opening words to Zacchaeus. Jesus sees all the barriers that Zacchaeus has overcome. Jesus sees the determination and the courage that curiosity has required. Jesus sees Zacchaeus's rich but empty life, but his resourcefulness. Jesus sees Zacchaeus. And he doesn't just see a rich, miserable, thieving traitor. He also sees a lost son of Abraham who needs to be restored. And that's why his message to Zacchaeus is urgent and personal. Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. We, we overhear, so to speak, Jesus' determination to restore this dear man in Zacchaeus' response. Jesus must have laid it on the line with Zacchaeus in terms of the fact that he was loved but he needed to turn around and start living differently, that his cheating, his manipulation should be over. And if we were in any doubt, Jesus confirms all of this in what he says so directly to Zacchaeus in verses 9 and 10. Zacchaeus is a son of Abraham too. He is lost, yes, he is confused, yes, but he is still someone who's made in the image of God, like you, like me. And Jesus essentially repeats what we read a few weeks ago in Luke 5, 32. If you remember when we were thinking about the calling of Levi. Jesus said then, I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. And this time, he frames that exact same thought, but this time in terms of his mission. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. This is how God on earth is. This is what I do, says Jesus. I'm seeking, I'm saving, I'm restoring, I'm putting back what was broken. Now I've realized once again this week as I've looked at Zacchaeus and his life, I realized that I am really deep down most happy with the spiritually curious. And here are some of the things that I've learned over the years for any spiritually curious people who are here today uh, or uh, for you if you are uh, the friend of someone who is spiritually curious. Here are the things that I've learned. Firstly, it's good, 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 honestly, to ask why you are curious. Our curiosity often starts 
with a need or with an experience of joy or wonder or with a sense of lack, as in the Douglas Coupland quotes, or a sense of a missing element in our life. But it always, always opens out into something that is far deeper and greater and more wonderful. So don't be scared. Uh, don't give up. When, when, in a sense, when it does start to grow bigger and deeper and more profound than you thought, go with it. Lean into it because God is there leading you through. The second thing to say is it, this journey of spiritual curiosity will take and demand your determination and your vulnerability and your willingness to be challenged and your willingness to listen carefully to Jesus. It would do if it's worth it, and it is. So it will take those things. It won't be a calm and passive ride. As you get to spend time with Jesus, so you will be challenged to your core. But the third thing to remember is that Jesus is even more determined to win you back and to restore you. Jesus wants your friendship. He wants you reconciled with God and neighbor. And we are in a far better position even than Zacchaeus to see this because we know, we know the depth and we know the reach of Jesus' resolute love as we reflect on the cross and on the resurrection. We know these things in a far deeper way than even Zacchaeus. And lastly, here are some of the common milestones in that journey, that progression of spiritual curiosity that I've seen. And maybe you just need to check your progress against this list of milestones. I think the first is often a shocking realization that the God that you are reaching out to, sometimes blindly, not really knowing where to look or even what you're looking for, that, the, that this realization that the God you are reaching out for is actually coming to find you and wants to commune deeply with you. If you've read C.S. Lewis's book, uh, Surprised by Joy, that's exactly the experience that he describes as he begins intellectually to reach out and to grasp for God and to make sense of the world. Actually, he finds that it's God who has come looking for him and turns his life around. So the first thing is often this kind of realization that in our seeking and our searching, God has crept in alongside us. The second is a change of heart a sense that our life has become grubby or is broken. There are sorries that we need to say uh, primarily to God, but maybe to other people. There's a sense, there's a changing view of who I am as I stand before God. And with that, it comes often a, a feeling of compulsion that I've got to start putting things right. Things need to be restored. Justice needs to be done. Reconciliation needs to be sought, just as it was for Zacchaeus. The next thing is the challenge and the joy of living a new life together in the community. I presume that Zacchaeus moved house. I sort of assume 
that Zacchaeus got a new job. He wasn't going to stay a tax collector. I wonder, how did he go on with getting on with his neighbors, the people that he cheated, but the people he'd also repaid? That can't have happened overnight. Must have taken further determination on his part. The last stage of this journey, this progression of spiritual curiosity I see, is that we begin to love other people in the same way that Jesus has loved us. We, we begin to change our attitude, that we're not despairing about other people anymore. We're not judging them negatively. We're not looking down on them and simply dwelling on their mistakes and on the things that they've done wrong. We are beginning, because of the grace and the mercy of Jesus in our lives, we are beginning to see other people not as lost, not as hopeless, but as daughters and sons of Abraham who Jesus wants to restore and who Jesus wants to reconcile to God. So it is a beautiful journey, a beautiful progression that all of us are called to. And if you sense that spiritual curiosity welling up in you, please don't give up. Don't turn aside. Don't get distracted. And if you have friends who you would count as spiritually curious, as you heard on the video, there is no better moment in the year than now to say, come along, join in, find out what this community is about. But lastly, in that period between now and Christmas, if you do count yourself as someone who is spiritually curious and is maybe sitting on one of those milestones, then please grab me, email me, get in touch. There's nothing, 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 nothing I like more than sitting down and chatting that through. So please, please don't let your spiritual curiosity slide or get distracted or overwhelmed by other things.